Welcome to Naturally Happy, the radio show and podcast. I'm Dr. Vidya Reddy. Are you ready to ignite your life? Because it's time to foster your happiness, your relationships, and your health. If you want to live with more passion, experience more freedom, and of course have so much fun, you're in the right place. So close your eyes, open your ears and your heart and join me on your journey to living happy naturally. What a pleasure and what a joy it is to be with you, working and exploring with you and loving with you. Hello everyone and welcome back to Naturally Happy. I'm so happy and so grateful that you're here every single week to learn, to grow, to make a difference in your life and in the life of others. I'm all about building a conscious community of change makers. All of you want to change your life and change the life of others and make an impact in this world. You are definitely in exactly the right place. Thank you for sharing your insights, your takeaways, the principles that you're learning from these episodes on Instagram and Facebook. I'm always looking out to learn from what you're learning. And don't forget, please make sure that you have subscribed, rated, and reviewed this podcast, which would mean so, so, so much to me. I really hope this episode is useful, and I hope that it's practical, applicable to each and every one of you listening. In last week's episode of Naturally Happy, I talked about the first three faces of the soul, the name, the power, and the eternal youth. This week, the remaining four faces of the soul. I'd like to begin with the discussion of the wounding, which follows the eternal youth and trace the remainder of the soul's path. The wounding. The wounding is when the wind gets knocked out of you. It's when the fire gets extinguished. You crash and you burn. This is the time when you're punched in the gut, when the fire of the eternal youth is extinguished. The wounded soul comes and breaks your back. It breaks your invincibility. It breaks your delusions. At first, it seems cruel, for in so doing, it cuts the umbilical cord and you are abandoned. Your soul is wounded, a self-inflicted wound. Your soul bleeds. It is often said for some the wounding is a great event, a major crisis, one you know well. For others, it may have been but a straw that broke the camel's back. As the cliche says, a feather that tipped the scale in a delicate balance of pain. It always happens quickly. It might have been that summer when a counselor or a bunkmate or a cabin mate did something they shouldn't have. Something that tipped or shredded your self-esteem or your self-respect and self-image. It might have been a phrase or an incident that means nothing to others, but that pierced you cut you, made you bleed. Traditionally and classically, for women, it was getting your period, the beginning of the menstrual cycle. When you bleed and you realize you are now a woman, you are now fertile, you are now capable of mothering, you are no longer a little girl, you are now a woman. For men, traditionally, it is a time of the hubris being broken. In the chauvinism of society, boys are given power and privilege because of their gender. Further, they are expected to live up to the standards that are defined by their gender. The result, the male hubris. When the hubris of that time of pride and invincibility was broken, you realize, I am no longer a boy, I am now a man. But the wounding is not limited to the classic, and certainly in our world. 
where the mythology is now technology. Those woundings take all kinds of forms. It's a time when your back is broken. It is a time when, because of the hubris, because of the invincibility, you fly too close to the sun, your fire consumes too much, and you crash and burn. And a big wind blew out that fire. It is more than hurt. It is pain, and something died then. Something died. Up to this point, you had the name, the first clues of destiny. Then was the power, the first thoroughs of personality, of power, of identity taking form. Then came the eternal youth with its sense of invincibility, its glimpse beyond the horizon, beyond the cracks and crevices into a world that has not yet been. And each of the phases and the faces of the soul was an expansion. You were expanding and expanding, and then, in the wounding, you were punched, cut in the moment, and in a flash, the expansion was gone. The wounding is perhaps the briefest face of the soul, but it is one that lasts. For many, it lasts all their lives. Most people spend the rest of their lives licking that wound and thus never letting it heal. They react and respond for the rest of their lives, pretending that the wound never happened, that it didn't affect them, not really. Most people spend the rest of their lives running from that wound. The wound was not a mistake. It was not something you did wrong. It's not as if, had you done it differently, had you not been so arrogant, this would have never happened. It had to happen. It is the fourth birthing, when you sever from the umbilical of the God, Goddess, and the universe. When you are born of the placenta of that wounding, you come forth and really give birth to the self, not to the illusion of a physical body or the abstraction of emotion and thought which had happened in the three phases of the soul thus far. The fourth phase is the real birth of you, the birth of the real you. You see, up to this point, you'd been filled with all the images mothers and fathers gave you, all the images that the authority figures, whoever they might be, gave you. Up to this point, you were motivated in a negative way by their desires, for ambition which is not your own is always a negative ambition. Up to this point, your sense of what it is to be a man or a woman was defined by your mother or your father, depending on which of them predominated. Their chauvinistic view, their twisted view of what it meant to be a man or what it meant to be a woman, defined you, your hopes, and your dreams. Maybe your own dreams were present, but they were riddled and polluted with other people's hopes and dreams. Your identity, your motivation, your drive, if any part of them was present, it was polluted. There had to come a point where you severed that tie, where you broke from that past, from that family, from all that was fed into you so that you could consciously pick and choose, so that you could consciously decide, so that you could consciously develop your own parenting, your own inner child and adolescent, your own identity as a woman or a man, your own motivation, your own drive, your own relationship with God, Goddess, and the universe. The tie had to be severed. Your soul tried to teach you and reach you at that time. But for many of you, the pain was overwhelming. It happens quickly. There may be many incidents, but one of them caused the snap, the break, 
the plunge of the knife, the punching in the gut, however you tend to symbolize it, where the wind was knocked out of you, you crashed and you burned. The wounding may occur prior to puberty, but it cannot happen in early childhood. It can't happen then. Now, an incident of the same nature could happen then, but it wouldn't wound you. It may wound, but it won't be the wound, because, quite frankly, you're just too young. You don't have enough of your name, enough of your power, enough of that testing of power, or enough of that invincibility of the eternal youth. You've got to have that first, because you're only two feet off the ground. No matter how hard you fall, it's very difficult to crash and burn. You've got to be way up there, and then boom. You've got to be filled with fire. You've got to be consumed. So, it can't occur when you're two years old. You were wounded most likely, but it wasn't the wounding. It is the fourth face, not the second, not the first, not the third. It's the fourth. So, although there may be horrific experiences, though there may be many experiences that wounded you, that produced enough pain that a part of you died, it was not the wounding. Maybe the one that was the wounding, as I say, was exactly the same thing. Because of the set and the setting in which it happened, this time it just didn't wound you. It wounded your very soul. It may have occurred in prepubescent time, however, most of it occurs between 14 to 18. For some of you late bloomers, some of you holding up for the revere of the eternal youth, it didn't happen until you were in your late teens or early 20s. Usually not past that. By that time, it's happened. At that point, the fire was extinguished in an explosion where the oxygen was removed and the fire was extinguished. What was left was smoke, shadows, and thus comes the face of the shadow. The shadow. For so long, this face has been seen as the dark face, the ugly face, the terrifying face, the nightmarish face, the mistake, the black sheep of your soul, the bad one. Perhaps it is the most compassionate one of all. This face of your soul loves you so phenomenally, for it is the one who comes when you are broken. It is the one who comes when you are bleeding. Not that the others love you less, not that the others have less compassion, but this one perhaps demonstrates that love most completely, certainly for the longest period of time, for it is the major face of your soul, and you crash and you burn, and the earth, the water, and the fire, and the air are sucked down, and you take them all into the shadow, down into your unconscious. Now you may well have been dumping things in your unconscious already. You may have learned as a child, Stop that imagination. Stop that creativity. Stop being so vocal. Stop being so much the center of attention. Stop this. Stop that. Don't ask so many questions. Don't be this way. Don't be so curious. Don't be. Don't be. Don't be. Some of you said, nah. Others of you said, yes. And you stuffed it. You've been dumping things into your unconscious all along. Certainly so. Certainly ugly things. Certainly fearful things. Yes but also some very beautiful things. But at the time of the wounding, it all gets sucked in. And that's important to understand. It all gets sucked down. Your name gets sucked down. You feel a loss of identity. You don't matter. You are not important. Nobody cares. 
Nobody loves you. Your name is stupid. You're stupid. Your existence is stupid. As you pull your name, whose element is the earth inside of you. Any sense of power? Forget it. You're weak. You're impotent. You're useless. You're valueless. You've nothing to offer. You'll never amount to anything. You decide that at this time, and you pull your power, the river, the flow, the power whose element is water, deep down inside of you, and your personality now becomes persona. It has been raped, it has been ravaged, and it has been tossed aside in the heap, pulled inside of you to be replaced with the persona. Okay, I'll give you what you want. Your sense of invincibility, your sense of adventure, your sense of excitement, your sense of wonder, your sense of awe has been totally sucked inside. The fire of the eternal youth is sucked down. And you hate life and you hate the world and there's no way out. It's only dark and it's only ugly and you never want to and maybe you just want to die at that moment, at that time. And likewise, the wounding itself with its element of air is sucked down in. Then comes the face of the shadow, which is the etheric, the combination of earth, water, and fire, and air. And you go deep down into the womb of your own being in a dark place where it's moist, where it's damp. Some become brooding, some become lifeless and listless, some become defensive, some become arrogant with chips on their shoulders, bitter and angry. All of you are hurt. Then comes the shadow. The shadow comes at the time of wounding, and it stays with you until your mid-fifties. So calculate the number of years. Of all the faces of the soul, it is with you the longest. You're supposed to go into the shadow. That's the right thing. You didn't blow it. You didn't do it wrong. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to drag all of this stuff down with you. But you see, what you're supposed to do then is to heal and to allow the wound to be healed, to listen to your soul, to let it explain why it had to happen, where you would have gone had it not happened, why you had to be tethered, why you had to be reined in, why you had to be yanked out of the sky and crashed into the earth. Had you not been, this would have been a wasted lifetime because you would not have been you. You would have been an extension of somebody else, a twisted, hollow extension. It had to happen. With the denial of spirituality, however, for many, the wounded is never healed. It's supposed to be that. In this shadow place, you learn the secrets, you understand. You start looking at what your name is, at what your destiny is, at what your power is. What is your passion? your fire? What is your breath of change, of transcendence, of transformation? You are from the shadow, supposed to emerge into the world to test out what you learn, to try things out to see what works. And then you go back into the shadow again to redirect. You come out, go in, come out, go in. Your growth is cyclical. There are times to be in the world and there are times to remove yourself from the world. There is a time to be out there and a time to be inside. When you're supposed to try things out, you experiment with this grand playground to learn how to play the games and to create new games. When the rules don't work or when your technique is faulty, you go back in and you find out why. 
back into that warm, moist place that is your shadow. You go back into the underworld. You go back into the unconscious, back to your soul, your higher self, and various spaces and aspects of who you are to learn, to grow, to experiment, to try, to work with. The shadow is with you from the time you're roughly 16 to the time you're about 56. That's 40 years, and for many, sadly, that's more than a half a lifetime. For most of you are now in your shadow time. Do you realize that in the next five years, there's going to be more women in menopause than there have ever been in history of our planet? It is an incredibly powerful time. Now we know in our world, menopause is not considered powerful. But remember, our world is chauvinistic world which sees most feminine functions as dirty and distasteful and a source of embarrassment. But it is an incredibly powerful time, the stage of one's life in the latter part of the shadow years. Men go through a menopause as well, of a different nature, of a different kind. And it also comes in the latter years of the shadow. In your mid to late 40s for men and women alike, this is the shadow time. The double. After the shadow comes the sixth phase of the soul, that of the double. The double comes when you emerge from the shadow, having experimented, having explored, having tried everything out, having made the mistakes that you're supposed to make and the mistakes that you're not supposed to make. This is when you come into the world, when you come out of the shadow to be your full and total self. This is when women pass their menopause now, come into the time when they can be who they are fully and completely. Men, if they handle it right, can be past the imprisonment of other people's definition of manhood and truly discover their whole self. Finally, you can be who you want to be and be who you are intended to be. You can fully come into the time of wisdom. It happens in the mid-50s or early 60s. It varies. Again, it's not absolute. This is the time when many, emerging from the shadow but not having done the shadow work, long for that eternal youth, long for that passion, long for that time, and try to go back there. You never can. You didn't have it then, and you're not going to have it now. Others, recognizing that sad truth, come out of the shadow and sit in the sun and wait to die. So many either wait to die or long for and chase after youth that they never had. Some, having taken advantage of the shadow, emerge and become wise and have a life that they've been waiting to live, a life filled with their dreams and their desires and their powers and their grounding and their passion. These people don't have the fire of a teenager. They have the glow of a mature fire and their fire does burn eternal. You've seen some of them in your life, these older people who glow, who radiate, who have a wisdom, who are living the fullness. It doesn't have to wait until then. You can become wiser much earlier than the time of the double. But just in case you don't, that face of the soul will show up and force you out of the shadow. What you do as you face yourself is make the decision. Am I going to go back and try to live my parents' life or my children's life? Am I going to live my own life or am I going to die? And the choice is made then. 
in your mid-50s, you decide. Oh, the health problems may not show up for a decade or two, but the decision is made. For those of you who decide to try to return to your youth, the senility won't let it set in for another couple of decades, but it'll be there. And between the choice and the salinity, you can make a fool of yourself. And the decision is to be wise. Though the wisdom may not attach to you then, it will be there. The remain. The final face of the soul, the last face, is that of the remain. It comes at your time of dying, at the times when you might die. When you choose to die, it ushers you out and watches over the remain. If you choose not to, it retreats and waits. At the end of life, it is the face of the soul that comes to you, to usher you out of the body. It has been called death or the grim reaper, but it is the soul with the face of the remain. At times of near-death experience, it's also the soul that comes to you. It is often the one who sends you back. No, not yet. It comes to you when you are hurt and in pain. Not hurt alone, but hurt that is pain. When a part of you dies, it is the remain that comes. Those of you who have worked with healing and have gone through the experience of the Valley of the Lost Souls, it is that soul, the remain, that travels nightly, waiting for you to retrieve yourself, watching over you, because your soul will never abandon you. Your soul will never abandon you. And therefore, the face of the remain also shows up at the time of the wounding. But it is the shadow soul that picks you up and starts to put you back together again. Those are the faces. And you can see how you can get misguided and off course in a world that denies the very existence of soul. It is a soul that keeps your course of growth according to your pattern, according to your rhythm that allows you and makes sure that the ebbs and flows happen and that the waxings and the wanings occur as well. It is your soul that nudges you, maybe bumps you when you get off course. It is your soul that lets you know when it is time to change course, when it's time to move up an octave. Now, there is a tendency, because of the natural propensity for hierarchy, to try to figure out, well, where does my soul fit? Is my soul above or below my higher self? And where are my counselors? You kind of have God, Goddess, and the universe at the top, okay? And after that, it gets pretty nebulous between them and you. Let your soul become a part of your team. It is not better than your higher self, nor is your higher self better than it is. But it's there with many of its faces, the soul holds secrets that it can only reveal even though certainly you could assume your higher self being who it is knowing all knows those secrets but there are secrets of the soul that can only be learned from the soul not because they have priority or hierarchy but because the soul has the resonance the energy the essence that comes to live with those secrets perhaps moving beyond the faces of the soul into the dialogues with the divine. Beyond the faces to that one soul is where the secrets lie. Not in the hierarchy, but in the resonance, the connection, the essence of being in communication with your soul. It holds the destiny, 
it holds the power, it holds the talent and the means and the wherewithal to discover and have your talent revealed. Thank you for coming on this journey the past few weeks to discover the seven faces of the soul. I hope that you now have greater insight into the inner workings of your soul. Thank you for listening to this episode of Naturally Happy. Make sure you share it, share what you've learned, share what made you grow, and share what you're experimenting with. These are ideas that I want you to experiment with, play with, and learn from. Remember, this is your journey. I'm just facilitating it. I'm helping you grow. Thank you for trusting me and thanks for being here. I am so, so grateful. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of this episode. I hope you're going to share it all across social media. Let people know that you subscribe to Naturally Happy. Let me know. Post it. Tell me what difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful, happy, joyous people. You are now part of the happiness tribe, a part of the squad. Thanks for being here and I can't wait to share the next episode with you. In peace, love, and gratitude. Till next time.